Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please use caution when listening. You have been warned. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sequel Quest that we call Sequel Chat. We have a great panel here tonight. My name is Adam, a comic book fan from way back, fresh from a screening of Captain America Civil War. Fresh? <laughs> Did you fresh. go again? I'm living it I'm living it over and over again oh. in my mind. But introduce yourself, disembodied voice. All right, I am Jeremy, and Adam and I actually went together the other night to go see this late because we had to get IMAX 3D. We were going all out. Yeah. Center seats, it was just right. Yeah. yeah. And then we have another special guest here, back again for a, a sequel chat adventure. It's me, Colton. I'm back. Hey, Colton. They said I wouldn't last one day. <laughs> Stupid doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the crew is here, and uh, we're going to kick off those of you who have not seen the film yet. Well, go see the film, first of all. Treat but uh, But we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, drop the trailer on you here just to get us all in the mood. But be warned, after the trailer, we are entering Spoilerville. This is just nonstop. Every detail we want to throw about this film is going to be out there recorded and on the airwaves. Yeah, if you want to go in unblemished and unspoiled, pause the podcast now. This job, we try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up. New York. Washington, D.C. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. His hands are still our own.
All right, I've run out of patience. On to Ruth! Hey, everyone. Are you pumped? I hope you're pumped. Oh, my my blood is pumping right now. The feels. <laughs> now that, yeah, that, that, that trailer didn't get you excited. Uh, hopefully the buzz that you've been hearing all about the film uh, has gotten you ready to buy a ticket or got the ticket in hand. But um, I, I have a question before we get into this, because as most people know, obviously, comic book movie is based on comic books. So uh, going into this, Jeremy, Colton, did you guys have a familiarity with the comic book series itself and the mini series that it was and kind of really the all sprawling event from 2006. Marvel I, Comics. I want to defer Colton. You, you give your point first. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. That trailer, man, if it, if it doesn't pump you up, check your pulse. You might be dead. Yes. I was familiar with the storyline. In fact, it was so pivotal and so important that uh, I was actually on my mission at the time the storyline came out and I didn't read it, but boy, did I hear about it. And that's a big deal considering that Iron Man had not hit the, big stride because the movie had not come out yet right you're years. still two years away and i was still hearing about it it was that big of a deal um not a lot, not a lot of people know this but uh it the storyline's a reaction to the patriot act and all the controversy around that mark miller right am i saying his name right millar miller? i know some of you say millar yeah, yeah. Of you, i yeah. say miller it's yeah just anyways <laughs> and he was very clear about that saying yeah this is a reaction to the patriot act and so it was it was a big deal at the time it was very timely and but i think my i gotta admit i only heard about it i didn't actually read it at the time that didn't come until many years later. My first real delving into that was playing the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. It pl- you actually get to play out the entire Civil War storyline. It is the focus of the whole game. Oh, and cool. You actually get to choose your side and everything. And um, uh, It doesn't follow too faithfully because a lot of the heroes are interchangeable, but the only people that are locked in are obviously Iron Man and Captain America, Mr. Fantastic and Luke Cage. Everybody else is a free-for-all. And I just remember just being totally entranced by... Because both sides were making very compelling moral arguments, but at the end of the day, you were forced to choose a side if you wanted to complete the game. And <laughs> I, I, yeah. I remember just sitting, gosh, all day long in 2010 with my brother. He was going through a hard time at the time, and we just bonded over this game all day long. We chose anti-registration side. We were with Cap. Uh, <laughs> but just all day long, we played this game, and we got into the story of it and the politics of it, and we debated the various points that it brought up because it was a very... Even though the game got a very lukewarm reception, I thought it was still very well realized as far as the story goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my exposure to it. And that it just pumped me up for this movie when they announced it in October 2014 they were going to do it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of comic book fans or just superhero fans were you know, fist pumped in the air mm-hmm. as soon as they... Civil War, no way! Like, that's crazy. I mean, I, I personally, um, back in 2006, like, I was kind of, like, in a lull of my comic book fandom. Like, you know, I was a kid who got into it in the 90s, and then, you know, started kind of going away from mainstream superhero comics, and then I was living vicariously uh, through Wizard magazine, so I would just read Wizard, the guy, <laughs> to comics, and, oh, this is coming out, this is coming out, someday I'll read that, but I don't need to go to a comic store. And then I read about this Civil War storyline, I'm like, really? Okay, so... The government wants to make superheroes register as actual, you know, agents or at least, uh, you know, register their powers with the government. Okay, interesting. And Captain America's not for that? Okay, this, I got to read this. I got to find out why he's so against it. And then I just got out there. I bought, like, all, like, like huge amount of the tie-in issues. And that was the kind of thing. It's like the main miniseries itself, it's kind of like snippets 
and like little scenes of stories that are expanded upon in each like in the Fantastic Four or Avengers or you know New Warriors or whatever it was at the time and then you could kind of get really deep into especially Spider-Man. Spider-Man was probably like the the really the most essential tie-in series that you wanted because you're like okay this is this is kind of Peter Parker's journey, his experience with the you know the registration act and all that. Now the other thing that I'll just say is that I'm not a big fan of Mark Miller's writing in general. I don't care for his dialogue. I feel like everything with him is like generic American smart aleck, like weird, like <laughs> ghetto speak. Like, I don't know. He just gives every single character the same attitude, uh, which is, is strange to me. So when I read his dialogue, I don't care for it. But what he always does is he gives you moments. Like, like whether they're, usually they're just shocking. Like you're not expecting it and he'll just throw something out there, you know? But like, so, so like obviously in Civil War, the big moment that set everything off, which is not a part of the film in the comics, it was that there's this team of, you know, teens that are a superhero team. Reality show. They, they have a reality show. They're called the New Warriors. And basically for the sake of ratings, they attack this house where these supervillains are hiding out. And it ends up that the, the battle spills over near a school. And this guy named Nuke, whose ability is to blow himself up, blows up himself and the school and uh, kills, you know, hundreds of people. And that was like this shocking moment. And that's what set off, you know, the desire for registration among the American public and the government and everything else. So like, that was just something you just start with that. Okay. Dead kids. That's intense. Obviously Marvel cinematic universe, probably not going to go that far. Right. They're not, (laughs) they're not going to touch upon that, but it, but it, but it was just, you know, a a very intense and there's some other great things. I mean, as part of the storyline, again, Things that are not in the film, but Spider-Man unmasked for the first time. He revealed to the public in a press conference that he was Peter Parker. Jameson's reaction, uh, falling behind his desk, yeah, fainting. Just, oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> and, like, the whole thing with, uh, you know, like, the other the other part of it, too, that they didn't, um, they couldn't include here, which I thought was really interesting, is the character of She-Hulk, who is not yet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the comics, people think, oh, she's just a female Hulk. No, she's a lawyer. Like, that's her thing. She was a lawyer before she became She-Hulk. And she would represent the heroes, like, that were, you know, yeah. breaking the reg- Registration Act. And that, that, that was just a very interesting run. Thanks, but no thanks, Matt Murdock. We got She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what, what are you going to do with Daredevil? Come on, She-Hulk's great. So, but yeah, anyway, so, like, I just, I loved everything they were doing, and one last thing I'll just mention that was very interesting at the time is, for a few issues, there was this one battle that took place in the middle of the city, and in a couple different titles, they released, like, different, like, they released it at the same time, so you would get a different perspective of a different character going into the battle. So it's just really interesting. You'd read like three comics in a row of the same event, but from that different point of view. And it was a really great, just creative idea. Oh, I didn't know they did that. I, my only experience in terms of the reading, uh-huh. um, for my wife's birthday, I bought her the uh, Civil War graphic novel. Ah, uh-huh. uh, the collective. Get, get, yeah. yeah, it gets the main points across. And that's the extent of my knowledge. I knew there were other issues out there, but oh, I didn't yeah. know any of them were simultaneous. Yeah. And going through points of view. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And there was even like the whole, there was a whole storyline with Speedball, who was the one who was the head of the New Warriors, who was yeah. pushing that caused the incident. And he loses his powers, but gains new powers that are based oh. on pain because of his guilt. 
And so he becomes this character called Penance that wears armor with spikes inside. And that's the only way he could activate his powers is by hurting himself with spikes. Oh. <laughs> like it is, but it was, it was in this separate series called Frontline, you know, that was like dealing with that, his story and the newspapers. Wow. I think, yeah. I think the goth kids have a new superhero. <laughs> Look out for penance, kids. Yeah. So anyway, lots of good stuff that went on in the comics. Jeremy, I know you just caught up recently here. Yeah, I didn't, I'd read bits and pieces of the Civil War storyline, just kind of here and there. And I mean, it intrigued me. But at the same time, um, over the weekend, I I doubled down and bought a bunch of the the digital versions of the Civil War series, a lot of the tie-ins, and just went to town, just reading through them, and just page by page. And it's so in-depth, everything that it was going on. And obviously, there's no way you could translate that directly to a movie. Mm-hmm especially not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where we've only introduced so many characters up until this point. But if you're going to do Civil War, you better do it now while you still have Downey and Evans. Yeah. Another hurdle was, you know, the way 2008 Iron Man changed things. At the end of the movie, he tears up his cue cards and goes, I am Iron Man. Oh, right. There goes secret identities. Yeah, pretty much. The whole point of the Registration Act in the comics was, well, Captain America's point was, well, we still need our privacy. Everybody knows he's Steve Rogers in the movies. Yeah. Everybody knows, uh, like, I think Spider-Man's pretty much the only one who's still secret. And he is the only one yeah. currently. Well, well in technically. The, in the movie tier. Yeah. Yeah, but the yeah, 99, 99% and... of the heavy hitters in the MCU, they are public figures. Everybody knows Black Widow is Romanoff, etc. Well, and not just that. And, and here's where yeah, it all, like, <laughs> the, the MCU starts tying together. They laid foundation in um, Winter Soldier in Age of Ultron because Widow released all of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra's files mm-hmm. in Winter Soldier, which means they're on the public domain, which allows our bad guy in Captain America Civil War mm-hmm. to collect all of this info, to collect all the files needed to figure out and create his plan. But his plan doesn't even become an idea without the events of Age of Ultron killing his family. So, like, it's all intricately woven together to be a translation of a civil war amongst the heroes with enough homages to the comics to at least give avid fans a a taste mm-hmm. and a feel that they're actually doing something positive with the source material right yeah yeah again like you said they're doing as much as they can with who they have to work with which is appreciated and just the concept of it is what's very engaging like colton said there's just those arguments to be had there's those conversations to be to be had and you get each person's point of view and i think that's what they did such a great job with in this film is they really did again Age of Ultron, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I, I just didn't think it came together as well as You're Avengers. Not yeah. And so, right. Good movie, not a great movie. Yeah. And so and this technically really could have been Avengers 3, if you look at it. The Avengers are in this movie. I mean, so... A so lot yeah. of people it, were calling this Avengers 2.5. Yeah. And, and, and that is fine. I mean, I, and I think because the balance was there again. Like, each character got their moment. You really cared about each one. And, like, they got to voice their opinions for the most part. Um, the one question I have going in, though, because, uh, uh, Colton, I know you've seen it several times. The Avengers at this point, I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously doesn't exist anymore. The government still has some military organization. 
are the Avengers a private group, like funded by Tony Stark, and they're just doing their own thing now? Compound in upstate New York. Right. There's still splinters of S.H.I.E.L.D. on television, if that counts. Well, yeah. they're they're technically still around. Then again, Hydra's still around, yeah. Yeah. even though S.H.I.E.L.D. just took down like 99% of Hydra. That's, that's what I'm trying to understand then. So when, in their initial adventure that they're having at the beginning of the film, they're basically going after this Crossbones, Ludlow character, right? is in there. Rumlow. Rumlow, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Rumlow is in there, you know, busted through, and he's he's going to go get a, uh, some germ warfare weapon of some sort. We're not chemical warfare. We don't exactly know what it is at that point. Um, so they're having that battle, but they are literally just there of their own accord, right? They've been tracking him. They went to figure it out. They were not sent by the government as far as we know, right? I didn't see any evidence of that. So that's why I was just trying to figure out, like, they're a vigilante operation at this point, the Avengers. They were formed by S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury, but now they're kind of, we're continuing it on our own. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, I, I before we get too deep into the story, I just want to understand that setting. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys come into the film, like, knowing the concept? What was your initial thought about should superheroes register or should they be free to operate as they operate outside the law? Where, where, where did you come in before the film? Uh, with what little I knew about the film before actually seeing it, combined with what I had seen uh, in the story arc, in the in the comics, I was with Team Cap. That uh, heroes, I mean, obviously, if you're making bad decisions in the world, you do need oversight. But until you actually demonstrate poor judgment, you should be free to act on your own accord. Uh, so to speak, uh, in, in the film, Sokovian or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the film, they don't even call it the Superhuman Registration Act. They just simply call it the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, one of many things that happens in adaptation. No complaints here. They, you know, um, but yeah, I, I found myself being Team Cap because I, gosh, it, it it's just rife with political implications, and I'm so afraid of offending people. I know you don't you don't want to get too political on it, but but yeah, but that, so so but you're you're uh, but, pro the freedom but, until you've done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Just, okay. just you deserve your freedom until you do something to deserve having it taken away or limited to some degree. And also, I think the Sokovian Accords—the way they just simply, reg- reg- <clears throat> excuse me, regulate everybody across the board—not all superheroes are created equal. Some are way more powerful than others. To reference a very much hated superhero film, X Men: The Last Stand, <laughs> <laughs> they categorize the mutants by their level of powers. Like Phoenix was like level five. You know what I mean? I can understand regulating the higher levels, but to just across the board make everybody answerable to the UN, I thought that was a bit overreach. Okay. So that's what made me Team Cap. Now, I, I will say I love the concept of superheroes from an entertainment standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, it's awesome. They get out there, they save the day, they wear awesome costumes, they have powers and all that. But in a real world scenario for me, if people like this existed, I'm definitely pro the Accord. I'm on Tony Stark's side. Uh, you know, so I'm Team Iron Man all the way, basically because I like I I don't quite understand. To me, Cap is kind of being a hypocrite because he was you know a superpowered person you know created by the government, working for the government, a hundred percent fine with doing everything that they needed him to do, and then now all of a sudden he's saying no no no. Everything should be vigilante. What what the hero, what the powered person feels is best is what they should be now, able to now do. Now, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> to be fair, I, I know what you're yeah. yeah. Let's hear I this. I mean, 
think about where he's been. Yes. The 40s were a much different time when he was running around as a uniformed soldier, specifically for the U.S. Now, come back to present day, he found out, oh, the people he was working for were Hydra, who he was supposedly fighting and had defeated back in the day. And then you also have bringing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gideon Malik, who was on the World Council. He was Hydra. So, I mean, they infiltrate every level of... No matter how much oversight you put, you also bring in Alexander Pierce, mm -hmm. who was calling the shots for Shield. It, yeah, it's essentially it, it, I understand he's evil people he's will disillusioned. Get... He he's seen what could happen to the government can be illustrated. He has that point. He says, "Look, we could be working for the government, or you know, in this case, they're talking about the UN. So it's kind of a world government situation, and agendas can change. That, that's exactly. The thing that and got his me. whole issue is okay. Well, but what if we don't agree with what we're sent out there to do? And I'm like, that's fine." cap but your whole purpose is you're trying to protect the world you're trying to save people right well if the people are behind this and the people are saying look like just because the organization you worked for was corrupted you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say democracy doesn't work and i'm not going to follow the laws and i'm not i know what's right i can't trust anybody else so i'm going to do what's right like to me that's a very extreme shift that he's taken, whereas Tony Stark has said, look, I was the worst example of this. Do you remember when I said, I've successfully privatized world peace, you know, like, and I'm so proud of myself, and he's out there interfering in international relations, all those things, and now he's stopped and said, wow, look at what, it's going to be anarchy, it's going to be chaos if this continues. I mean, look what I did, I almost destroyed the world a couple times. Yeah, and so, so he's finally taking responsibility, and I think... Like, I, I could understand where he's coming from and saying, look, there just there just needs to be regulation. And I don't think, I think most people would paint him as a fascist. They're like, oh, he wants c complete control. And he thinks that everybody who's superpowered should be, you know, watched 24-7. I don't think that's what he was proposing. Um, later on, you know, when, when there's some action taken by the government... I think we're supposed to think that when the you know the Avengers, the rebelling Avengers, end up in a in a superpowered prison. But the truth is, they were fighting. They they were breaking the law. They were breaking the law. They were they were trying to steal government property to complete a mission. So they were breaking the law regardless, superhero or not, Sokovia Accord or not. They were breaking the law. Ah oh, man. <laughs> and they're supposed to be our heroes, I understand. But I just have such a hard time supporting Team Cap for that mm. reason. Uh, I I'm I'm both teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm more or less Team Black Panther. Yes, there you go. Great debut. Man, let's just talk about that, man. Mm -hmm. That was wow. That that was so cool. I really thought it was going to be just kind of a short thing. It's like He's here, and he, like, interferes in a battle, and he's doing stuff like that. But they really gave us, like, an origin story. Well, he was not in there for commercial purposes. No. Just to shoehorn him, yeah. to, to introduce him for a franchise. He actually had a meaningful, organic purpose yes. to the story. Yeah. Well, before they reached the deal with Sony, he was supposed to play the Spider-Man role. Really? Chadwick yes. Boseman was going to be Spider-Man? No. He was oh. going... The <laughs> Wait black... a minute. <laughs> the philosophical role. Yeah, the philosophical oh, role. I see Black Panther saying. would be kind of flip-flop. 
And then they had different versions of this going. They were like, well, if we get Spider-Man back, then we can do this with this main story. Oh, okay. And that's how it all rolled out. Like, right as they were about to start shooting. Yeah, can I tell you a little <laughs> secret I recently heard, though? Go for it. Uh Marvel told the Russo brothers, you know, have plan B in case we don't get Spider-Man. And the Russo brothers wanted Spider-Man so badly. They, they didn't, didn't do a plan B. I they read didn't, that too. They didn't bother with plan they B. They just sent it out to the, the universe they, and they said, bring us Spider-Man. They bet the farm and won. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, yeah, but I mean, he was—he's such like a great character. Like he come—he does come out like so regal, so suave. Like he's such a cool character just to begin with. And then when he gets in the suit, like that's—I mean, that's what I wasn't really excited about this movie until I saw the trailers with Black Panther, and I'm like, wow, this is going to be cool. Even if I see this guy for like one minute of screen time, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Some of his previous costumes in the past have been a little goofy looking. Oh like, yes, yeah. he had like a tail and everything. This one, I don't want to cross him in a dark alley. No, no. the adamantium and everything. I'm waiting for him to add the cape. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, if we... it's a very royal and regal sure. cape, but I mean that's very comic. Vision gets to have one. I get to have one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just like the fact that he has a vibranium suit that's bulletproof. I love like it's the... everything. <laughs> yeah, the whole super running, the fast running scene with like you know Winter Soldier's running, Black Panther's chasing oh. after him, Cap's behind. But then Cap gets in a car. Yeah. He's so, like, oh, Cap done. Yeah, so well choreographed. I mean, yeah. every time I think I've seen everything there is to see in a chase scene, something like this comes along and just gives it a shot of adrenaline, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that battle in the stairwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they really that's, – that's the great thing is, like, they could have really just – kind of done similar things over again that, that we've seen and they they just always try to get more and more inventive like falcon i loved that he was able to use his wings as a shield mm-hmm. several times like yes. from behind or like you know he'd pull it forward like and then he had his robotic red wing you know that was out yes. there saving the i'm day. not thinking that thing <laughs> that was funny <laughs> Yeah, and so I mean, like, it, you know, Anthony Mackie continues to be very cool. Like, mm-hmm. he's just he's just a lot of fun uh, to have on on the team. I because at the end of Age of Ultron, you're kind of like, ah, oh, B teamer Avengers. All right, I don't know, but but they ended up actually being very cool. And then you open yeah. this movie, seeing yeah. how far they've come mm-hmm. in a and, year, and how much of a team they are, and how well they've developed with their powers. Really, I mean, it's just they've developed their powers so much since the last movie that you just can't help but love them <laughs> yeah and yeah and they are a good unit and everything you know was working out I, I really thought that the the crossbones suit of armor that he had was very cool his gloves mm-hmm. that kept like just bringing out all these different <laughs> little bulletproof glass <laughs> yeah so that that was very cool and then now, uh, the one thing that I you know we could start talking about a little bit of issues here but that opening scene, because, again, that's supposed to be the replacement for a school of children getting blown up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's what ties no, Black Panther into hold the on. film. You don't think Opening so? Opening scene oh, that's, well, was Winter Soldier's mission in 1991. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so we go into that. We, we see a mysterious car get pulled over, or, well, he knocks it off the road and into a tree. We don't see I had my suspicions doing. the whole time. Really? Yeah. I've I had, had zero I've had those, idea. Those suspicions? Since, I've since had those, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Really? I've had those suspicions for the past two years. Uh, I, I, I'm not a good detective. It, it, then. If, <laughs> if, if, during the second Captain America movie, it's a blink of an eye. I, I guarantee you 95% huh. of the people missed it. When they're speaking to that computer thing, Arnim Zola, oh, yeah. they start saying, how did Hydra... 
thrive amongst us this whole time without anybody catching them. And very briefly, he says, accidents happen. And for a split second, you can see a newspaper clipping of to- of Howard Stark dying in a car accident. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's a stretch, maybe. Does that mean Winter Soldier killed Iron Man's parents? Drama. Man. It's Captain America's best friend killing Iron Man's parents? If that's the case. Because it didn't say it explicitly, but the pieces were there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, dude, if they don't work off of that in the next movie there it's a huge missed dramatic opportunity yeah and let's just say they did it in spades in this film that's a great little plant yeah no yeah. i i hadn't even caught that like i i knew obviously his parents died in an accident i was aware of that but i did because i think you said in iron man 2 at some point he mentions that but i, I didn't understand that yeah that there was any little drop hydra did plant. it yeah. and i'm like they didn't make it clear winter soldier did it but i'm like come on winter soldiers they're right. big hired gun but, but but getting back to so yes we see that and it pays off later like you say we found out Winter Soldier did it but but the the issue that kind of brings out the concern and the reason for the accord in addition to everything else that's happened since well, New York yeah, and it's, all of that it's kind of been boiling the culmination of yeah is that that Crossbones basically I, I call it that nobody calls it that he's Rumlow in the film mm-hmm. but but he he uh, he blows himself up essentially Scarlet Witch contains him in a hex force field yeah. and then is throwing him up in the air and then all of a sudden he flies into a building and explodes and I did not understand why that happened is it just she's not trained is it that that's she's exactly weak? what like, i always took from it is okay. that she is still very new to those powers she, she kind of lost concentration is what i'm thinking yeah I, I just i didn't like my my concern with that was there was no like external force there was no build up to that there was no you know what i'm saying like it just kind of happened and then you're like wait why did that happen i don't and maybe that was their point they're like this these things are unpredictable and you never know what's gonna happen but i was just like i wish somebody like would have bumped into her i wish somebody you know what i'm saying like she was under a lot of stress like having flashbacks to her brother dying like something that would have upset her concentration because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like, oh, she's just a, she's just clumsy. Yeah. She's clumsy with her powers, and now we hate superheroes. Okay, yes, but like, I, I don't know. It, it just the logic that didn't actually work happened for twice me. in the film. Yeah, although um, the second time had the distraction that you wanted. Correct with with the war machine using the uh, yeah. scrambler on her, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, me, I just wrote it off as simply she's new to her power. She's had them for barely over a year. She wasn't yeah. born with them. She's deep into her adolescence already. So it's not like. In the comics, she had them for a lifetime because, spoiler alert, Magneto is her dad. (laughs) But legally, they can't say that. Which, by the way, yeah. I totally forgot that they were that she and her brother were a product that they volunteered for all the stuff mm-hmm. in Age of Ultron. Because yeah. I'm so used to the mute, she's a mutant, and that's where she got the powers. You know, so <laughs> they're like, legally not even allowed to say mutant. In this I know, movie, so which isn't is that crazy. Messed up? Yeah. Well, even in the in the comics of late, they've changed them to be inhuman. Ah, really? even cooler. I didn't know that. Or that's some interesting some update. version of that. Yeah. Yes. So, but yeah, so like, so there's, there was that and it set, it sets things off. And I, you know, I think to a very interesting, but that, that, that was the other question where I was like, okay, so the government's coming to the Avengers as private peacekeeping organization, essentially, here's the accord and we want you all to sign it. And pretty much everybody agrees to sign it. I mean, like Falcon is just whatever Cap says, I go with that, you know, but like everybody else is like, yeah, we'll sign. It's, I mean, Wanda's sort of on the fence, you know. Well, your, your but, division is already set at yeah, that point. Everybody kind of made their decisions yeah. already, but I did love seeing Rhodey 
have there's some more developed role. I think yeah. I felt like up to this point he hasn't really done anything, especially Age of Ultron, just being at the party. Now that's a war machine story. Like that was all he got. Boom, you looking for this? <laughs> that's all <laughs> that we look got. of satisfaction on his face. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, when I'm not being compared to the Avengers, my my adventures are actually pretty cool. <laughs> so but, but I, well, that's not true. I guess at the end of Iron Man three he was pretty cool when he was just Rhodey mm-hmm. and he was like eight you know, military the agent. Speech he had at the end of this movie though. When yes. he was uh, spoiler alert, he learned to walk. He was struggling to walk yes. again after an accident. Yeah. That speech he gave where he's just like, I, I don't regret anything. Yeah. I, I'm a soldier. I sign on for these things. I accept the risks. Uh, I'm I'm still on the train to the end, you know? Yeah. Very it's moving. A, just another example of where they took that step and they said, you know what? The character who deserves finally his moment, you know, to do something. Stuff like that typically gets deleted from movies. If, right. if that had been deleted, I would have been so mad. And by the way, I'll just say this movie did not feel long at all. It's like a two and no. a half hour movie, yeah. right? Two forty. It's the longest Marvel movie, and it just zooms by. It's so engaging. Like, you well, don't feel I mean, it we're changing all. locations like every five minutes. Well, but Age of Ultron did that too, man. And I was just like, I'm done. Like an hour in, I'm like, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. You know, <laughs> two, like two so. and a half hours going by that quickly i have not had that since the dark knight in 2008 yeah we, we it makes def- you want to yeah. go back you're like i mm-hmm. could spend you know yeah. three hours in a theater again my, yeah. my wife and i were debating it just last night should we go back again <laughs> yeah so now the other now let's yeah. talk let's talk let's tony's that. development here. Yes. yes because he was i've privatized world peace and then Whiplash ptsd mm-hmm. ptsd yeah. no not even iron man 3 that's Avengers PTSD where he went through the wormhole and nearly died and right. that freaked him out for Iron Man 3. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gives up being Iron Man, mm-hmm. gets right back at it. Yeah, for Age of Ultron. For, uh, for Age of Ultron. Yeah. But it's kind of laid out here a, a little more mm-hmm. through through this movie. You do realize in that awesome scene where you see young Tony on the screen. The best de-aging we've seen anywhere. You oh, know, like Disney's it. just mastering yeah, this. Yeah, what they did really with Michael great. Douglas and Ant-Man. Same oh. stuff. Yeah, that I mean, was yeah. close. So you, you can still see a little yeah. bit, but this one's like this one. seamless. Yeah. Like you just see yeah. it. It's and like, then and real having, Tony walks on screen with it. Growing up and watching Robert Downey Jr. back in the 90s, it just yeah. brought me back because that's, that's really <laughs> what he looked like. This is pretty much weird science Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except he had a gap in his teeth back then. I yeah. don't think they put that uh, back in. No. But, yeah. <laughs> but so he's at the end of that speech, the teleprompter says, and now welcome Pepper Potts. Yeah. And it was just this awkward moment that mm-hmm. we were all like, oh, oh, no, they're not together anymore. That's great filmmaking when you don't have to say anything and mm-hmm. you know something's happened. And, That's and it's masterful. Just, it hurts because mm-hmm. you're like, they were going so good. Mm-hmm. He got her fixed. Like it, it was all going well. And then, oh, you just right punch to the gut. You feel it. So he's already in a vulnerable place. Just left him open for Miriam, mm-hmm. which I'm glad it was just a brief cameo because reading Powerful through the comics, scene. I hated how much she shows up. Yeah, it's like. But they got a good actress to play her though, Alfred Woodard. Yes, mm-hmm. and that, and he recommended her for the role. Well, because of course. They, they worked together before. One of my favorite movies, Heart and Souls. Great chemistry and great chemistry again in that one scene. She's, so powerful. She's going to be the second person to play two different mm-hmm. MCU characters. Yeah, I heard about that. That that means the TV and the movies are going to be further apart. Interesting. Yeah. No, but yeah, 
that, yeah, that definitely was a powerful scene, and it worked much better in the comic. She comes up and spits at him at a funeral. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. It's over yeah. the top. Mark Miller he made it very clear she was modeled after Cindy Sheehan, the anti-war activist. Oh, mom. yeah, so, uh, that's why she might have come off a little bit. I mean, I I don't criticize parents whose children have sure yeah died in battle. They they can say whatever they want, mm-hmm. you know. But I can see why that might have annoyed some people because some of her mannerisms were uh, yeah. questionable, flamboyant even. Yeah. Well, no. I, but, but in, in the, the but comics, in the, movie. the issue I had was, oh, I'm Tony Stark. I'm the head of Shield. Come out onto the hollow deck with me, yeah. and we'll. Uh, I'm taking you to all oh. these classified locations. Yeah, she's and it's, okay. Why does she need to be here? That's a phone call. It's a Skype call. Yeah. It's. I just, see. Okay. But 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 like you said, ev- yeah, everything's just. We see all these pieces falling into place for Tony that gets him to this realization, like exactly. we were talking about earlier. We just we can't do what we've been doing. It just is not going to work anymore. And then then you have Cap on the other side, who just like it again. I feel like his development's a little less fleshed out, but he's just kind of like, look, this is not this doesn't work. Like like just basically his he's got his set of morality. He's got his his mindset of you know kind of what what is right, what is wrong, and he just he's going by his personal code and this. He says, I, you know, like I said in the trailer, you know, when I see a situation going south, you know, so he's he's putting pieces together in his own mind. Um, but like to me, and it's kind of like a lot of these superhero movies. And I don't know, at a certain moment, I guess you have to make that choice. But it seems somewhat self selfish, I guess, a little bit and that he's basically trying to keep Bucky safe. In, in a lot of this, like it, it's yeah. kind of seems to be more of his motivation. Well, in his defense, he's the last remaining remnant of his old Agent life. Carter's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So we get her funeral because Peggy dies and it's literally he's the only thing left from his old life. But do, but do you break the law for your own personal sense of I don't want to be alone in the world? Like like that's the part that is hard for me. It's like Dude, it's so it's an emotional the, the choice. The bro code for him. transcends many things. <laughs> We're gonna get back to that in a moment with uh, uh, that, oh, oh actually no let's get to it. Yeah, now. let's just talk that, about that, it. that kiss with Agent Thirteen <laughs> and when he turns toward the car and that Falcon is nodding at him and even Winter Soldier that steely eyed fellow <laughs> even he cracked a smile. Yeah, the bro code transcends everything. Okay, even the apocalypse. Yeah, there you go. Now, now speaking of speaking of Agent Carter here, well, the newer Agent Carter, Sharon Carter, right? Mm-hmm. So she is probably my main problem with this film. Everything works. I do not appreciate again that she is the worst CIA agent there is uh, that they have everything she's doing let me give cap this intel yeah. oh let me turn on this monitor he's not supposed to see what's going on oh let me steal his gear and give it back to him like everything she does is a- a completely 100 percent against what her job is and, and, and they make it clear that now she's going to be a fugitive because of it. Yeah. so it's not like she totally got away. but i just wish there would have been a little bit more of a struggle for her like he had to convince her or something like they're, they're, they're not just, oh, you're so dreamy and my aunt loved you. And so now it's my turn because she's dead. Mm. So I get to, you know, like, it just seemed like <laughs> she's so moving in. I know it was. But that's how I felt about her development, though. Because I was like, she's just there because she got a recommendation from her aunt that he's a great guy. And so now she's going to help him out because her aunt had that quote that said, basically, 
take things into your own hands if you don't agree with it. Again, I don't know if I'm 100% on board with that, that line <laughs> of thinking. Tell the world, no, you move. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're always right. Don't forget. It's kind of what the Disney that, movies that, teach that's us. That's not sociopathic at all. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it was kind of interesting to have Sharon give that speech rather than Cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but I mean, again, technically Sharon was family, but yeah. 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 And, and I, I, I think it's cool that she's carrying over. They set her up in Winter Soldier. She's back. Back. So again, she wasn't totally arbitrary. Right. But, and, and now yeah. the kiss again, like the kiss for me, I was, it seemed, it felt like it was out of nowhere, but I had to go like, okay, they had a little, they, little they had connection a, in Winter Soldier. They, they had know. a couple of opportunities that they'd missed before. Right. So they yeah. were like, dude, we're about to become fugitives going on the run. We got to give into the moment. And then of course Falcon's going, <laughs> yep. Uh, that, that's what might get my wife into the theater. She didn't want to see this because she's like, I don't want to see their, their friends. I don't want to see them fighting. It'll make me sad. Aww. And I'm like, well, there's a rope romance moment you might enjoy I'm, I'm gonna be turning that into a meme from now on anytime something awesome happens i'm just gonna have a, a gif of a falcon <laughs> nodding and winter soldier smiling uh, the falcon approves <laughs> so all right so so i mean then we get to the actual battles right which oh, hold on airport. no well, i feel like we're we gonna, gonna hold that airport? off we're gonna save for airport for later oh we're gonna save airport for later okay no airport. you just want to get into it well we have the Actual introduction of T'Chaka uh-huh. and T'Challa right. in, uh, where were Vienna. they? Vienna. Vienna. Yeah. So they're, they're Vienna, which basically is the inter- like basically the acceptance of, by the world of the, the Sokovian mm-hmm. Accord. And, yeah. and, and so most of the Avengers are showing up to support that. Well, all of those that were in favor of it, right. yes. So they're there, and then we find out that there is a bomb planted outside. We don't know by who, but it explodes and it kills the king of Wakanda, T'Challa's father. And that that leads to a great scene after that where, you know, yes, that, that shot of him looking over his body. Yeah. Just holding him. Yeah. Well filmed. Horrifying, but really. Well and filmed. then they're outside kind of in the aftermath. T'Challa's sitting on a bench. Then, you know, uh, Black Widow comes up and kind of sits with him for a second. And basically, I just his line don't bother i'll kill him myself like yeah. and he just gets up and just takes off and you're just like wow chadwick like he's, boseman he's got the stuff yeah so but but what we learned by the news footage were shown is that bucky right was was apparently the killer winter soldier supposedly supposedly planted this bomb and he and we've seen now that he is uh basically in flashbacks and things we've learned now that he can be activated by a series of words which was very cool it you know in, in a little red booklet with a star on it and that that's what they use to activate his programming Those fun russian words yeah it would have been even better if angela lansbury had shown up and read that book you know venturing candidate <laughs> yeah, in the, yeah in the original film she did that oh uh, yeah so, which, you know, Tony Stark calls out, which is great later on. Hey, man, cheery candidate. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm glad reference. they're, they're yeah. being pretty meta they're with aware, that right yeah. now. <laughs> but, but yeah, so but that, that, is, that is a very cool story throughout, like when Cap finally goes to Bucky's apartment, you know, and again, he's confronting him. He's like, you know who I am. You know, you know, you know everything. And Bucky's still playing coy. Like, no, I don't. You know, I don't know who you are. And then they break out, like you guys talked about in the cool stairwell escape scene. Yeah. He's swinging off the railing. He's so strong, he basically turns it into a vine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so a lot of cool action there. But, like, so that whole struggle of, you know, is is Bucky guilty? Cap doesn't care either way. You know, he wants to go find out how to, how to help him, how to keep him safe for now. 
but then they do get captured anyway because you know T'Challa is chasing them and everybody else is after them. Um, to be fair, it looked like in the beginning, Cap, he said, if he is guilty, I need to be the one to bring him in because, number one, I'm the only one he probably won't be able to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. Yeah, he did make that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in, you know, and we've already kind of gotten to that reveal uh, that we, we discussed that, you know, but that's like, that's the, you know, the big final moments, right? Is, is that reveal and it sends Tony Stark over the edge. Now he just doesn't care about anything. He's like laws, accords, whatever. I'm just going to kill this guy who killed my parents. Oh, you jumped clear to the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it's like important. We, we get to that moment. Cause I think we're getting, we, you know, we get back to the airport See that there's so much to talk about there, yeah. but, well, but just this whole movie, there's so much yeah. to talk about, but, but that hardly that ending, any fluff, which is really hard to right. do in Hollywood. Yeah. And I, I was upset the end of the film. I, I was upset in the trailer, the whole thing about Tony, you know, basically Cap saying, hey, you know, I'm sorry, Tony. He's my friend. Tony says, so was I. Yeah, you in were pretty tra- messed up about yeah, that one. Because yeah. I did not feel it was earned in the films. Number one, I feel like throughout this film, they did a good job of giving each of them moments together as friends. And so I thought that worked well. But they also, it was a different reading of the line yeah. than in the trailer. They do in the that trailer, he's sad. He's like, so was I. You know, like he, feel, Lo- he feels mm-hmm. betrayed. In the trailer, he's like, so was I. Like, not anymore, buddy. Like, it's on in, now. In the I'm... movie, he says it in a much more angry way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, different angles were done for that scene when Winter Soldier was stuck in that vice and saying your mom's name was Sarah. It's different in the film. Exactly, the yeah. yeah. Hollywood, they love Dark Knight. The trailer for the Dark Knight has, oh, you know, yeah. let's well, wind the clocks back a year. These people wouldn't cross you. Different in the movie than the trailer. Mm-hmm. I love it when they do that because it just, even though it's a great moment in the movie, it has a little extra jolt when it's not quite the same yeah. as in the trailer. Yeah, it gets your attention, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but like, so there's that whole fight. And I just loved, like, you know, obviously, Tony Stark does not win the fight. You know, he, he gets his... Uh, well, I, I guess it's still the same arc reactor technology. It's just not in his chest, right? It gets damaged. He loses yeah, power. Yeah, and I'm glad they, well, they I guess actually... it's not the arc reactor, right? Because in Iron Man 2, well, he no, created he that has, new element, right? Well, he so. has an arc reactor of sorts in his suit. It's okay. built into the suit. Got it. Okay. Like, no longer needed in the body. Yeah. Which, I'm kind of glad about that. I, I've heard a couple different reviews where people were like, I wish it would have been the one in his chest. Then it would have been like, Oh, he would have died. Oh yeah. But like he, yeah, he was in enough anguish, but I love that. Like how, I don't know if petty is the right word, but it feels like Tony gets very petty at the end of it about losing. And he's kind of like, he's just so upset, but he's also just like digging over. He says like, Oh yeah, we were wrong about you. Everybody was wrong about you. You don't deserve that shield. My dad made that. Sh-. Like, that's like a little kid that like, don't no. belong to you. Yeah. But, but it still gets the you. line is like, petty. The delivery though. Yeah. Was well, just well done. It, it just shows how RDJ is just so Oscar caliber. Why? Well, if you've seen him in Chaplin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his uh, his deliverance of he killed my mom just just destroys you. Yeah, corny line, amazing delivery that makes you forget how corny it is. Yeah, definitely saves it. And then you know, but it gets intense at the end because you know Cap gets to re you know revisit. We see it in the trailers, but he revisits his famous line: "I could do this all day." Oh he's, yeah. He's not winning the fight to begin with, and then Bucky comes in to help, but gets his arm chopped off. Or blasted off, yeah. I guess, which is intense. You just it pans out like you don't see it, and then they pan out, and his arm is off. You're like, whoa, okay. So this just got pretty serious. Well, and then I'm I'm glad they really went into it, and they pulled a couple 
things from from the comics right there because the holding up fr- of the shield well, with the blast. Well, there was that. Yeah. There iconic. Was, iconic. But also just them fighting, going head to head. Friday, his AI is saying, "We're not gonna beat him in hand to hand." And then that's when he's like, "Straight from the comics." We've recorded all of his punches. We know what he's gonna yeah. do before he does. And then that's when he starts tearing into Cap. Mm-hmm. And it's not until Cap gets a second wind that that's when he pretty much finishes off Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but it's, yeah, I mean, that, like, the the fight is, you know, it didn't, it didn't get quite as, like, in the comics, it's pretty bloody. Like, it's mm-hmm. sort of, oh, and yeah. he's like, your jaw's practically hanging off. Like, yeah. he says that to Cap, you're just going to give up, you know? His uniform is way more torn in the yeah. comics oh, than it yeah. was in the movie. But I know they, Disney, they can't get that intense. But, but yeah, so I just felt it was, like, very, very satisfying. My, my one, and I, again, I kind of thought they weren't going to go there, but there was that rumor out there was that the ending... In the comics, Captain America, he takes off his mask and he says, they're not going to arrest Captain America. They're going to arrest Steve Rogers. That, that There's a difference. And then he gets taken into custody. And when he's going to court, he gets assassinated. Steve Rogers gets shot That's, and killed. That had me wondering all the way through yeah. the production of this film, are they going to go through with that? Are they going to flip the script because... Downey's contract is coming yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Or who's going to die? Be the martyr of well, the situation. Well, I mean, Evans' contracts, he's only got one movie left. Infinity War. He had to set apart nine months of his life for both Infinity War movies. Yeah. Right. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so I was like, expecting that. And then at the end, we get Cap basically writing a letter. And like, I'm still a fugitive and I'm out here. I'm out there. You oh, know. Oh, oh, here's In a Wakanda. 2003 cell phone you can use. Yeah, that was pretty Right. Hilarious. Here's a burner. Just give us a call. <laughs> But like, but yeah, that, so that was very cool though. Okay, now you know T'Challa learns. We haven't really gotten into it at all, it, just very briefly. But there was the whole subplot of Helmet Zero, his family being Zemo. killed. Oh, Zemo, Zemo. sorry, Zero, Zemo being killed in uh, his family being killed in Sokovia. And he spends the whole movie trying to figure out what happened on December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. Right. Because he assumes this, he just has to confirm it. And everywhere he goes throughout the movie doesn't confirm it until he gets that sit down with the Winter Soldier and all the audio's off. Mm-hmm. The power goes out, the the EMP hits, the, mm-hmm. the power play. So, like, that's when he figures out exactly this is who did it. And this is how I'm going to tear them apart. Right. His whole purpose saying that you have to tear them apart from within. You could never. Yeah. I got to give Zemo credit. All of our Marvel villains so far have been pretty loud and brash. Whether that's a good or bad thing is up for debate. He is the most quiet and subtle Marvel villain we've had so far. He's he's a serial killer. Isn't that fair to say? Based on what you saw him doing. More or less. He was pretty much this crazy, quiet serial killer. The previous films were always kind of a hybrid genre. Superhero war film. Superhero 70s political thriller. This for me was a hybrid of superhero and psychological thriller. Yeah. Now I thought I thought it was gonna be I thought that was just a front when he finally tells that story at the end and T'Challa comes up to him and basically he's saying my family died, he has a gun, he's gonna kill himself. I thought that was all just like to throw them off so he could kill them. But it turned out to be his real his, at least what he's, as far as we know right now, his right. real story. That would, have, that would have been his revenge yeah. on the Avengers for having killed his family. And then he would have went to join his family. That was his plan the yeah. whole time. 
So, and, so yeah. So I mean, like, so they did a very good job, and T'Challa learns to forgive, basically, and all of that. So it's you know, it's a it's a very good ending yeah. way to wrap up his revenge story. Essentially, uh, they did a good job with that. And then, so, so that's you know, that's kind of the I, I should get back to the Zemo. The one last thing I'll just say: his introduction when he goes to that house in Cleveland. Yeah, I was. I told that car. I, well, yeah. I told Jeremy this. I I expected like Howard the Duck to get out oh, of no. that car because Howard the Duck's from Cleveland and he was in oh, Guardians boy. of the Galaxy. Yeah. I thought they were gonna throw Seth every Green. character in. Yeah, no, just no, give no, us no. Howard walking down the street in the background. Something you know, but nothing. No know, there Howard is a the dark Duck. part of me that still wants to give Howard the Duck another chance. Cause, <laughs> you know, that was prequel mentality george lucas's fault yeah we gotta howard the duck I, deserves another chance to get hey, things right here's my, my one minute howard the duck i think the animatronics are fine people say that's a ridiculous costume i think it looks great for the day i think it's a believable it was emoting, him trying to hook up with leah thompson character. that weird yeah. <laughs> oh but ducky I okay i think now it's time to get into the main event though here mm-hmm. right so um what did you think about when queens came up on the screen oh that was first I, off i love that gimmick yeah. of having everything announced with those big titles i love that that was, was so yeah. but yes queens i was like tony stark's big idea he's he's gonna have a protege yeah <laughs> yes because peter parker and tony stark they are like two peas in a pod they really are oh, yeah. they both love mm-hmm. science and everything it would be a perfect mentor protege relationship uh, yeah so, and that's what it was in the comic absolutely and that's i'm glad how tony they brought sm- him in they yes. didn't exploit peter parker mm-hmm. like he did in the comics right? oh yeah that's part of what made Peter switch sides in the comics mm-hmm. is because it, it was an ugly, slightly abusive relationship. Uh, minor thing. It was kind of a spoiler for me when they announced that Tony Stark was going to be in the Spider-Man standalone movie because I'm like, well, that yeah. proves he's not going to die. Great. Yeah. Well, but, it could have been a flashback. A hologram Tony Stark. Something. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, yeah. When, when I knew they were going to Queens, I'm like, yes. Because what little I knew ahead of time, I knew Spider-Man was going to have two scenes in the main movie. Uh, which they were, is they were gonna yeah. be really good and i was like okay here we go this is gonna be our brief moment with spider-man <laughs> and despite the fact that it was only two scenes they were two very well realized scenes. yeah they were so oh, yeah. it was they so economical too, they were too short and they weren't too long yeah give you everything you needed and they managed to go over uncle ben again without actually going over uncle ben mm-hmm. again exactly it was brilliant i mean no origin story youtube videos i've been doing this for six months okay that's what we need to know oh look and tony stark explains his powers oh you can lift a four a four ton whatever you know like the the way he says i know what it's like to have the powers that i have and to do nothing you know the way he says that right we as the audience we know we've known his origin story for (laughs) at least a decade so just about everybody knows so that was just perfect the delivery of that and and he even mentions it in a meta way he's like yeah, that's kind of a long story, but the, the short of it is. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. So, like, going through the Spider-Man of history, discounting Nicholas Hammond in the 70s TV movies, which I, <laughs> I have a soft those. spot in my heart or, for. Or any of those, those. Japanese live-action or, Spider-Man. Or that. Yeah, also, it was super robots. But, like, <laughs> Tobey Maguire, I felt, was a great representation of 60s. Uh, Peter Parker, not such a great Spider-Man, but a, but Sam Raimi did a good job giving us the Peter Parker of the '60s. Yes. Now, in you know Andrew Garfield, 
he was an awesome Spider-Man. I felt like he had the quips. He had everything going. But I did but, not believe for a second he was a teenage loser. Exactly. No. And he's, he was way too emo as Peter Parker. There was, I don't know, I just it, it, great, great chemistry, you know, uh, with the whole Gwen Stacy thing. But outside of that, it just it didn't quite click. And I feel like just what we've seen of Tom Holland so far, like he's got this nervous energy. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's like sort of a nerd. He's sort You can see he's kind of not, you know, and, in an ideal and circumstances. And he even explains this when he's talking with Tony like that scene with he walks in and sees him and Aunt May (laughs) Marissa hottest Aunt May ever Aunt Bay as I've heard it called Aunt February as I've heard it called yeah (laughs) it was just so hilarious like the accent totally Queen's accent Mm -hmm. they've nailed it this is the first Spider-Man who sounds like he's from New York (laughs) Andrew Garfield kind of tried it and meh yeah Yeah. I do have your job for you (laughs) but I mean just he was just totally out of his element like nervous when Tony's like telling him Hey, you got this scholarship. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. Like, Is come there on. Money in that? And, and, and more great, more great storytelling in that we knew that he had money problems without hammering that home by him saying, "Does this grant involve money?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love the Perfect. whole well walking done. into his room, the old Mac, like just yeah. like all the old technology Tony's <laughs> going through it. He's like, oh, oh, you're a dumpster diver. Like that was just so great. Like it, it was fantastic. I can't to go to Germany. His... I have homework. <laughs> I did not just hear you say that. <laughs> I'm going to uh, pretend I didn't hear you And say when he that. like grabs the costume out of the ceiling, he's like, <laughs> he's like freaking out trying to hide well, it. Well, it's know? not a onesie. <laughs> he jumps all the way across the room and catches it midair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very, that was cool. But he, he also like Tony throws whatever. He, what did he throw out of it? He catches it like roll. Like, the webbing, like the webbing. Oh path. yeah, the webbing cartridge. Yeah, just like so. That, it was just so cool. Like everything about that dynamic. Just everything. And there was a lot them. of things actually explained right there because he's like, "Wait, you can see? How do you see through these things?" And he just quick as a whip. Just like I get overwhelmed, and so it helps me narrow down and focus and. Boom. That explains the whole moving eyes, mm-hmm. everything, without having to spend five minutes of Tony going, oh, so this is what I did with the suit and this and that. Yeah. And, and it's just, ah, okay, here you go. Perfect. Free so, time. and then when we get him in the suit, man, that's like, it's the most Spider-Man-like action, just like the fluidity of the movement as he's fighting and uh, the use of the webs, just like oh, everything yeah. he did was just so... And again, I mean, Marvel is in charge now. They mm-hmm. know what to do with that character. But Technically, for legal intents and purposes, Sony's in charge, but Sony's not going to dare try to veto Marvel. No, oh, hold on, now. hold on, hold it's on. It's one of those figurehead things. It's got to no, be worth so much money to them now. Yeah, yeah. they're the executive producers <laughs> in title only, mm-hmm. other than Marvel has full creative control for story, casting, everything. So it's essentially a Marvel Studios okay. picture. I, just, I heard Sony in coordination. has veto powers, but they will never exercise exactly. It That's they do the not thing. Want to get in trouble, yeah. which is which is one of the big. The after what happened with Amazing Spider-Man two, you know they they've got enough shame to just let Marvel do their thing. They know what they're doing. Well, and they've got the better end of the deal here because no matter what, Marvel is going to create the movie, mm-hmm. but all the money goes to Sony. Yeah, yeah it'll be some of the easiest money Sony's ever made. Right, and they need it too. They because. And so they're going to allow Marvel. They're like, hey, yeah. take Spider-Man. Go Sony, and do this Infinity War thing. You're the most successful thing. thing in movies right now. Do so, what you got to do. Sony's uh, financial issues got so bad to the point they were seriously considering selling the film studio. And that's what brought them to the desperation point of making the Spider-Man deal. So we have North Korea to think? Yeah, Is what you're saying? <laughs> Sony hacks. Thank oh, oh, you oh, yeah, for the, Spider-Man. The Sony hacks exposed some of this anxiety yeah. that was so, being well, kept hidden. So, 
But like, but yeah, just the, the so now I think we could get into the whole mm-hmm. airport battle. We're back airport. to the just airport the main scene battle, now. right? For the like whole six thing. months before the film came out, I kept hearing airport. Brace yourself, airport, airport, <laughs> airport, and I'm just like, okay, airport. And <laughs> so now and again, worth the hype. Just prior to the airport, we do get Paul Rudd's introduction to the whole thing, asleep in a van. <laughs> and they just opened my fast. I was like, they, oh hey. They showed that off at Comic Con last year, and I just heard. <laughs> I, I didn't get to see it until the film came out, yeah. but they just said wall to wall laughs when he gets out of that van. Oh, and, and that's what I said. Like, thanks played, for thinking of me. Yeah, like he played it goofy enough, but not so outside mm-hmm. the MCU attitude that it just he was just on the line you know it's like i mean that's yeah. that's his scott lang mm-hmm. character yeah. is is that kind of goofy and fanboy like he's yeah. he's us in that moment who was who was the one he said he's like oh i know you you're great like he said that, that was wanda. Wanda. wanda yeah that was so funny like it just he's just having a great time getting to know and he everybody just kind of sort of feels up his <laughs> yeah that was like, awesome wow yeah, it reminded me of the, the Mac store guy, like specimen, you know, like just kind of the same type of vibe. But um but yeah, so so they get to this airport, you know, everybody you get like the classic lineup, you know, mm-hmm. group against group, every, everybody's just kind of showing up one at a time, like yep. here's our crew, well, here's they our were crew, actually, here's our crew. It wasn't planned to battle right there. Like they yeah. were planning to get out of town, go on their mission, mm-hmm. and that's when Tony all of a sudden, Tony out. has yeah. the whole airport shut down, and it, he gives them a moment to surrender right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, did you guys feel that that was a Man of Steel reaction? They're like, no collateral damage in this film. Like, we're literally going to put just no. an, an abandoned airport where they could fight. No. You didn't think so? Okay. I, I was just like, I, I, I wonder it, if they're it doing this It fits within yeah. universe. It, it, it fits the story in that everybody, after what happened with the Wakanda and the relief mm-hmm. workers. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. Sokovia and New York. And mm-hmm. they've laid it out within universe why they're evacuating the airport. Yeah. And they're going to have this out where nobody's at. Yeah. So we get Tony, Iron Man, War Machine show up. Which is cool to see just the two of them together, just kind of doing their thing. I mean, obviously we saw an Iron Man too, but I'm just saying, like, it's cool to have them back together. And then um, the the thing I thought was so funny was just like you had a uh, Hawkeye show up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, he was retired. He's like not retired anymore. Like he's just ready to go. And you're just like, okay. And everybody's making jokes about that, yeah. you know. So I just I just thought that was. It, it's like, yeah, we had to get, you know, we don't have Thor, we don't have Hulk, we got to get another Avenger in here somehow. Okay, yeah, that would have been so be cold it. if Thor had shown up and seen that Pepper wasn't around anymore. And he was like, see, I told you, Jane was better. <laughs> well, hold on, <laughs> we won't get into that because. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard the rumors. Yeah, <laughs> so but... Jane ain't around anymore yeah. either. And let's be honest. Thank <laughs> you. Is that, is that fair to say? That seems uh, to be her thing, though, isn't it? Star Wars. Prequel. I digress. Don't give her more than one film. Okay, so but but yeah, so so everybody's lined up. I mean, there, we can't we can't just describe this battle scene. No, I you mean, just gotta you pick your moments. You need to go see yeah. it in IMAX. IMAX. Oh, absolutely. Because you can tell the difference where most of it was filmed, and then as soon as that IMAX screen hits, like yeah. which is very daring of them with some of the action and the amount of CGI needed for this. Most studios won't name the one but you would make it i will very... 20th century fox <laughs> well <laughs> what they did to fantastic four was exactly right there's that yeah. and warner brothers who when you have a big cgi 
eyegasm just make it real dark no. so that you don't have you to have do to a lot yeah. and but no Matrix revolutions <laughs> yeah. marvel plain sunlight high noon high noon yeah, yeah bright as day and it was great now and you needed the imax screen to contain mm-hmm. what for me was like the biggest surprise of the film was ant-man using his giant man powers going so, big going big spider-man's reaction made the audience lose it. oh, oh that was when, hilarious when, when you ever see that really man's old powers. movie and then the whole <laughs> empire strikes back tony you know? how young is this kid <laughs> i didn't carbon date him okay he's on the young side <laughs> Uh, Ant-Man gets inside of his armor and goes, this is your conscience. <laughs> Which is also there's, great. There's just too many quips mm-hmm. in here. And that, yeah. Like, I mean, oh, it, that, that's not funny. a bad thing, is it? Oh, no. I, oh, just making sure. A lot, I, of, a lot I, of people I, hate the quipping that goes no, on. No, I, I, I did feel it was overload in that scene because everybody was just joking around. It's supposed to be this big battle. Everybody's just making smart Yet, aleck quips. No, but like, at the uh, same time, this battle, it was not to the death. This was a more of just we're sparring trying to capture, match. We're going to capture yeah. the other side. We're not trying to kill them. Yeah. Like the whole Spider-Man's whole role is to web people. Yeah, to tie them how, up. I loved how Falcon flat out said to him, "You know, is this your first fight? Because usually there's not this much talk talking, <laughs> <laughs> which is great." And then I, uh, I just thought it was very cool how Hawkeye and Black Widow were just be- like they, they weren't really trying to hurt each other. They're just like, look, we gotta hold. It. We're Everybody still friends, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're still friends. Depends, Depends on, on how, how hard, hard you hit me. <laughs> so they just had an understanding, you know. It's- well, and it's funny at that point, Wanda of all people throws Black Widow off and says, Hawkeye, you're pulling your punches. Yep. So she and it's like, ready to go. that's kind of the meta reaction. We're all mm-hmm. like, wait, they are kind of pulling their punches here. Yeah. Like, Nobody Except for Black it. Panther, he's out for blood. He's got no allegiance to anybody. He leaves That's scratches why. on Cap Shield, That's which a was big cool. Deal. I was yeah. like, "Oh, vibranium can scratch vibranium. Nothing mm-hmm. else can hurt it, but Black Panther can." Like, well, that's so cool. Well, adamantium, if it was legally allowed. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, but a Cap Shield isn't a hundred percent vibranium. It's an vibranium alloy which means it's a mixture yeah so it's not pure vibranium and it's like 60 70 years old (laughs) like technology wise creating it so it's not as a refined a process so of course the wakandan king now can scratch it but but it held up to it as guardian enchanted hammer so i I, it's it's, yeah that hammer needs to buy a vowel yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was the best part of the movie by the way (laughs) So I was like, everything else kind of lame. She was funny. Um, but no, but uh, I guess like with, with with that whole battle, you know, we, we kind of get the final thing where Black Widow is still with Cap, right? She's holding off Black Panther the whole time. Yeah. She's double agent. zapping double him. Agent. Yeah, so she, she, keeps she going never gave the be, being a double agent. Yeah. But it was. I just thought it was funny that like Cap and Bucky get away and then Black Panther is just in the fog with them in his own Quinjet. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you didn't get away after all. You know, it's just funny to me. You would think they'd be tracking or something. You know, they'd be able to, but whatever. Um, but the the big moment supposedly of that scene is that things get out of hand, right? So at a certain point, Cap and Bucky are getting we, away. We have our... War Machine is on his way. Our Goliath moment. Yeah, so in the comics... what it is. A character named Goliath, who nobody really cared about, nobody knew that well, 
He was I... one of many Goliaths over the years. Mm-hmm. Gets blasted by a robotic clone of Thor that malfunctions and, and goes crazy and literally kills it with lightning through the chest. And he has to be buried as a giant. Uh, yes. So, so Ant-Man was filling that role of that character in, in these scenes in the battle. But no, 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 no. Thank no. goodness he didn't so? get impaled. No, no. It was Rhodey who played the... Yeah. He hmm. paid the price well, of Goliath. Yeah, he didn't die, but boy, yeah, I, I, I was I was saying it's stature, but yes, yeah. the actual character and, and that being fake out from the trailer. We were made to think Winter Soldier did that to yeah. Rhodey. Yeah, well, and that, so vision. that was the thing, though. So again, this is another scenario where it's like I do not follow the logic of what's going on here. So Vision has been involved in this whole thing. By the way, Vision has been keeping Wanda in the compound, trying to keep her happy, and that they're developing kind of a romantic relationship, which is awesome, because that's pure comic book history. They actually had weird babies later on, and all these things, even though he's a robot. I knew about the relationship, I didn't know about the babies. Yeah, Yeah. they they weren't real children, it was kind of a strange thing, but it led to House of M and these other storylines, but anyway... Um, <laughs> she altered reality. Yeah, and you know, created children. He's fast and she's weird. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but they have, so they have all this this kind of build up, and during the fight, uh, you know, basically at a certain point, like Wanda like gets hurt, and then Vision's kind of holding her or whatever he's doing, and then. Rhodey is almost to the plane and who it was Falcon that was trying to intercept him Mm -hmm. and vision tries to blast him with his gem and it hits Rhodey's uh, well Falcon sees it right and dodges it right and and it basically hits his arc reactor and his war machine suit and cause him to totally power down Mm -hmm. nobody's fast enough to catch him he crashes down into a you know, creates a crater, and we think he's dead. Is that scene from the trailer? You right. see Tony holding it. I really wondered if he was going to bite the bullet. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Okay, they're in the battle. Okay, things got a little out of hand here. The problem is, Vision is on Tony Stark's side, and he made a boo boo. Like, yes, Falcon dodged it, but really, like, he comes to him and says, How did this happen? I got distracted because he was wa- taking care of Wanda. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> you know, but so, so you had that whole thing going on, but like, I, it didn't work for me that it was a member of Tony Stark's team making a mistake that injured another member of his team that now was like this big heartfelt moment. It's like, no, no, no. Somebody from Mm. the other side should have taken it too far. And that's when he said, okay, we got to take a step back from this. So to me, like that it was an accident. I don't, I don't, I don't think that works. For me, it made the point. I don't know if this was the filmmaker's intention, but for me, it made the point of even when a superhero is regulated, even when they sign the accords and they agree to be regulated, the accents you claim you're trying to avoid, they can still happen. What difference does it make if you shift the blame and have the government be involved? I don't know if that was the intention, but for me, that's how I read into it. Well, it's it's tough to kind of compare because I could see it where if if a member of Tony's team did cause the accident, because his team was in reality the more powerful team. Yeah. Like, they were stacked. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if, if Hulk was there, I think he would have been on Tony's side. The bromance is strong. <laughs> and the Banner's fight would have been over a lot faster. Yeah. Definitely. Well, so. I yeah, I don't know. That's that's another debate. But it really just left. It created the drama for Tony to be. We really need to figure this out. But uh, yeah, he's and mad it, at himself. He's mad at Cap for creating the situation. I guess he's just everything. You know, it's kind of the culmination together. of everything. Exactly. The yeah. 
And that's when he finds out the info that it wasn't the Winter Soldier. Oh, the, for the yeah, for the for the bombing in Vienna, yeah. right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so so it's all revealed and all of that, which is, you know, again, it's pretty. It, it was a cool little mystery to have mm-hmm. throughout because it's weird. You go into the film. I don't think any of us were expecting that thread that there was going to be a villain necessarily. It didn't feel like it felt like the heroes are going to be fighting heroes, and it's going to be kind of uneven. You don't know who is you're supposed to root for and that's the decision you're going to make but it ends up being no no somebody was orchestrating the whole thing so you do kind of have a villain but it, that was weird like i i i just didn't i didn't feel that way like there's a villain going throughout this because i really was focused on the heroes pretty much the yeah. whole time even yeah. though that thread was being played out a unique well, villain because he didn't fight the hero with his hands yeah that's his mind yeah exactly so but yeah i mean but overall like Again, just such a successful film. I mean, we've said it over and over again, but if you have not seen this movie yet, you shouldn't have been listening this far. But <laughs> if you have seen it, go see it again because it's just it's it's Pause. one of those go enjoyable treat films. And come back, yeah, right. We're uh, it's over seven hundred million already. Really, internationally, internationally speaking? and domestic. Yeah. So I mean, you it's... think it's gonna beat Batman v Superman? Give it a week. <laughs> uh, it had a bigger opening weekend. Okay. But it had a smaller opening weekend than Age of Ultron, and a lot of people think there was a big enough bad taste from Batman v Superman that people were slightly turned off from this. Yeah. So well, it was also the word. it was also Mother's Day, so That's most not... people were not gonna go see this on Sunday, which <laughs> hurt the box office. So. Makes sense. If only they could have worked. I mean, Tony Stark's mom died. Like yeah. the other, they could have played that in. It's a mother's worst story. Mother's Day movie ever. Because wow. that's what he says. You know, he killed my mom, right? They should have put that line in the trailer. Mother's Day. Now that was <laughs> when they finally showed the full footage of Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, taking out the parents. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. Yeah, that was intense. That was heart wrenching. Yeah, that was. By the way, I, I will just say that scene, because I have you know watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. when they originally showed what was in the trunk, what Winter Soldier was after, because that's another really weird dropped thread, I think, in this film. But like he goes and he gets these packets of blue liquid, blue something. And Essentially I thought, Super Soldier Serum. Right. I thought it had to do, because on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's this whole Inhumans plot thread going on. Oh, I thought it was some sort of Inhumans yeah. thing. And I was like, oh. Uh, so They rearranged some leadership at Disney. The yeah. TV shows and movies are going to get further apart from each other, I see. But 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 then, they because they, that, that's the thing we haven't talked about at all, but they talk about this whole idea that then they created... More, you know, the Russians created a team of super soldiers that, that were, were more powerful more, yeah. than Winter Soldier, but they never appear. We never get any. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, actually, like Zemo he he kills them. Yeah, yeah. he Which plays his hand. Yeah, and he takes them all out because he's a he is against super powered people. Yeah. So I just thought that was so interesting because you're just expecting, oh, these guys are going to come and they're everybody's going to have to get together to fight them. No, that's what I was expecting. That's not what, what happened. Amazing. Yeah. Just Detour. a full-on red herring there. Yeah, that was a good twist. I mean, that was just like, I Hashtag can't Team it. Zemo. <laughs> so, now, I la- the question I have is, so again, coming into the film, you know, we had a, a Team Cap, we had a Team Iron Man. I was, Jeremy was I was neutral. playing the fence there. His shirt shows it. He's got both of them on there. Got a Cap and You're Iron Man. You're the Spider-Man in the situation. Yes. <laughs> Comic Spider-Man. But, so, but, like, did the film's story influence you either way then did you go jeremy in your case go from neutral to a side uh throughout the movie i kind of wavered one way or the other but at the end i'm 
I'm still I'm still torn. Maybe leaning a little more team cap, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm still not swung one way or the other. Okay. And Colton, you you hung in there. I team cap all I, the way. I, I'm more torn. Still team cap because. Tony Stark was more sympathetic in the movie than he was in the comics, I think it's fair oh, to say. Oh, yes, yes. Let me be clear. I thought he was kind of a D-bag in the comics, and that's what helped mm-hmm. forge my path. I mean, letting criminals loose so you can hire them to go hunt down the heroes, messed up. <laughs> uh, Although those are my favorite comics to come out of <laughs> the Civil War storyline. They were great. The, the, ethic, the ethics are just awful <laughs> Yeah, there. not a good choice. Um, and uh, cloning Thor and having that Thor yeah, very cyborg bad choices. clone kill yeah. Goliath, you know, just all that stuff. In the movie, his motivations are way more sympathetic and way more accessible and way more grounded in reality than they were in the in the in the original source material. And and I'm kind of surprised they didn't play around with the, some of the ideas from the comics with where and why Tony was doing it. Um, he he got himself into a position of being the head of Shield, mm-hmm. yeah. or in the movies, it might have been some new superhuman organization that he would end up running. So it would be a friend and a loyal ally that would be calling the shots more or less. Yeah. And, and you know, and that, that was the thing, like I, the one part of it too, that I felt like, cause for me, I'm still, I, I don't cap didn't do anything to change my mind watching the film. He had his journey that he was going on, but he did not have like some idealistic quest. He wasn't trying to, change everybody's minds he's just basically saying i'm not doing it i'm rebelling and anybody who wants to come along with me can come along with me so i did not buy into cap's motivations other than he just didn't feel it was right good for you stick to your guns you're a criminal now and you're on the run um but um the thing that i felt uh would have helped a lot was this really was kind of in a vacuum it's the heroes making the decisions the government kind of making the decision I would have loved them to have some type of man-on-the-street side of things where you got the general populace, their opinions. And like even if it was just like news coverage or something, so you felt like, okay, the people want something. Like the citizens they're trying to protect of the world have a certain opinion. The government tells us people are afraid, but we don't hear it from their lips. And it, it was just something that I felt like if one of them, it, and it probably would have been maybe too cheesy, but if one of the characters could have been street level and having conversation or had somebody out there that they had to talk to and maybe Cap had to hear that you know, yeah. from a kid, like telling him like or, I was, or you know, an old man who's playing chess going superheroes in New York. Give me a, <laughs> one of those types of reactions at the end of the Avengers. Well, yeah. We didn't even bring up Stan Lee's FedEx yes. cameo. But... <laughs> Is there a Tony stank in the house? Tony stank. <laughs> Table one, Mr. Stank. <laughs> I'm never letting that go. Yeah. And they better not. <laughs> they, was... they let go of caps language thing from the last movie. Oh, yeah. I wish they hadn't done that. I wish they would have kept that. <laughs> but, no, um, but yeah, so I, I just, yeah, that, that's what I felt was missing. But I mean, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I really, like, I've brought up some points that I felt were loopholes or whatever, but this is a great movie. Cap came really close to signing the Accords, though. Did you see that? He was this close to signing oh, yeah. it. Then he found out about Wanda, and that suddenly made him throw everything out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I disagree with him. Wanda does need regulation. She is so new to her power. She is a level five. Yeah. Sorry to borrow the last name <laughs> terminology. Yeah. She is so new to her powers, and twice in that film, she bungled them significantly. And yeah. I can understand needing to regulate people that ability. But all across the board regulating everybody, I can understand Cap saying, look, I've dealt with government bureaucracy gone wrong before, 
And here's an example I thought of today. I haven't been able to find anyone else on the internet to bring up this example, and I want to know what you guys think of it. Okay. Iron Man 3. How many suits did Tony Stark have in that movie? How many, how many suits were there throughout the whole film? There were like 40 or 50 of them, right? It was mm-hmm. 43. He was Four- on Mark 43. Oh, okay. All right. So minus the original six or seven that <laughs> yeah. got blown up. So, Out of all those suits, which one did the Mandarin take control of? Hmm. The Iron Patriot. Ah. Yes. Who did the Iron Patriot answer to? Did he answer to Tony Stark or did he answer to the government, the vice president, who was in the pocket of the Mandarin? Mm-hmm. I just I can't help but feel like that kind of supports Cap's argument again of when we, oh it does when we answer to the people with agendas those agendas change and you never know and you know I'm surprised it didn't come up in the movie do you see any validation to that or am I just blowing smoke no no I I, I see what you're saying again because the, yeah the government can just be infiltrated or they're you know like in so many different ways especially right. like with and I understand Cap's point too that especially when it's an international group mm-hmm. that's going to make that oh, decision the there's a lot of choices there and a lot of conflicts already within that group so so I I understand what he's saying it's going to be so hard to know we're doing the right thing mm-hmm. um I don't know I, I still don't 100% I, I, I feel like these are for the most mm-hmm. part again these but people are there to do the right thing and they're trying to keep the peace and that's the point of my, it my so biggest worry them, is but... one of those world leaders might be doing something unethical behind closed doors and he will pull strings to make sure the avengers go nowhere near whatever he's doing mm-hmm. of course yeah that, that that's i mean i don't know if the filmmakers really made that explicit but to me that's what i kind of well a that's bit. a lot of what caps yeah petitioning against is uh, people have agendas and agendas mm-hmm. change and I need to apologize to all the people out there I've been trolling on this issue. I only troll on it because it's... I, I know a lot of fanboys are not going to like this. It's just a movie. It's a very fun movie. <laughs> I like all the interesting points that come up. Yeah. I, I, I have no disrespect for Iron Man's point of view as portrayed in the movie. Uh, Tony Stark, is, his, his views on things are deeply sympathetic. But I've been doing a lot of trolling lately. I don't know if you've seen any of it. Oh, I've, I've been paying not. attention. Yeah, your Facebook posts have been pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I try to make it clear I'm just joking around, but some people have been kind of annoyed. My wife, she, she's Team Iron Man. She didn't want to talk to me for like a <laughs> So I just want to make Trouble clear to everybody, I, I, uh, I, I apologize. I did not mean to offend. I'm just, I was just having some fun with a very interesting topic. I posted a picture of uh, clips, from, not clips, stills of Spider-Man uh, stealing the shield and saying look he's stealing precious possessions from senior citizens <laughs> he's going after falcon oh look he's a, he's doing racially motivated assaults yeah. oh i seen and, and, this and, one yes oh yeah and then finally jameson's at the bottom going he's a public menace and i'm like see that's why i'm team cap team <laughs> iron man has ethics issues uh, my last point that i'll make mm-hmm. here and i hate to sound like senator kelly from the x-men films but mutant registration mm-hmm. was a huge part of the x-men yeah. universe um and when I look at it, you know, like you said, Wanda is somebody who has basically, in mm-hmm. your in your opinion, had a couple offenses, so she should yeah. be watched. I guess I just feel like, um, you know, the the line from X Men was, you know, well, we license people to carry weapons, and Jean Grey says, well, yes, but not to live. And I understand that people with powers, they should. It's not that they should be marked and like kept away from society and all of that. But I do feel you like in this get scenario, they've got a Jewish star on their chest. Exactly, that's not at all what we're looking for. But <laughs> I do think you need to be aware because the government is aware of any type of threat mm-hmm. already, and just because they're not a threat today doesn't mean they couldn't be 
a threat tomorrow. But by the same token, anybody in a car, anybody that buys a firearm, anybody could be a threat. Now, with their ha- now bare you're hands. treading you're treading on dangerous waters there yeah. because of Project Oversight, Windshield, and Hydra. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they were targeting take everybody out that they could could be a threat someday. The but Russo that, brothers made it very clear they were critiquing certain policies. Yeah, right now yes. Them. But but that's all, all I'm saying is like what I see them doing is giving people a chance to be to choose to be legitimate. In if they're going to be vigilantes. Now, the, the private citizens who have powers and decide not to do anything with them, so be it. I mean, we don't know anything about them. But the people that are out there in a costume meeting out their own brand of justice, I do feel that they need to be held accountable and that those people are the ones that need to stand up and say, okay, yes. And yes, I will register. Yes, I will. I was going to do this anyway. I'll get paid for it and I'll do you know what what's the right thing by the people and so that's just kind of my main point in the end as as i as i look at you know the the tony stark agenda as as he's understanding and i just feel like people need to have some sort of accountability for what they do uh just you know so it's understood these are these things are okay these things are not and this is what the will of the people that you're protecting have said and so anyway that's my two cents vote for me this <laughs> this november now but um, do you guys have any other thoughts? Any anything that you're like super excited for now, based on this film? Just the next the next phase. Your campaign slogan will be "Pope is our only hope." <laughs> uh, Alrighty. Um, for me, I am super crazy looking forward to Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. I am hoping that Tony gets with Aunt May. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know awesome. if you guys are aware of this. Uh, me, me, I didn't even hear about this yet. I'm hoping we hear about it soon. But apparently, about 25 years ago, they Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey yes. did a romantic comedy together. I want Aunt May and Tony Stark to say, you know what? Let's go out on a date. And they sit together on the couch and they put in Only You, the film they were in 25 <laughs> years ago. I heard this is a pretty good movie. She's like, yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> That'd be that hilarious. Would be awesome. I want that so bad. Uh, um, wait, who's directing Spider-Man: Homecoming? Do we know? Um, gosh. He's got. He's he has very little credit to his name. I don't oh, really? Okay, so it's, it's not. But I know that the people who wrote the last vacation movie are writing the script, and that has me a little worried. Interesting. Well, uh, it's also the same guys who wrote the Lego Movie. Oh, okay. I believe. If that's true, Phil that's, Miller. Yes, that'd be pretty cool. I, I don't recall their names. Being, huh? Oh, they're writing an animated Spider-Man film, not this. Oh. one. that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but in Feige, we trust. <laughs> right. Exactly. He knows what he's doing, so yeah. you know. And uh, gosh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, yes. IMAX. See this in IMAX. Yeah. It is worth it. The airport scene by itself is worth the admission, but the rest of the film is. And, and I, awesome I've stayed away from IMAX for years mm-hmm. because the 3D I've always felt is subpar. 3D is isn't even noticeable in this film, mm-hmm. but it's also not distracting. So if that's keeping you from seeing an IMAX, just go I'm do it because the sound quality is mm-hmm. amazing to go along with with the visuals. I'm very so. picky with my 3D. This yeah. film, it wasn't even filmed in 3D; it was converted, and they did a decent job. The 3D yeah. does not hurt this film at all. Mm-hmm. It's very well realized. Russo brothers are planning to film Infinity War, the entire film in IMAX. Both Whoa. movies. That's epic. Well, I mean, it makes sense, I, right? I, I can't. Yeah, wait. that's it's cool. Be so awesome. They're filming both movies back to back, and they will have different titles. Yes, yeah, it's not part one and part two. Yeah, it'll be different because 
that's starting to turn people off these days, especially after mm-hmm. the Mockingjay fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, a good move, giving them uh, new titles. All right, so where do we fall? On a scale of 1 to 10, where where you sit with this movie? Uh, I think we got a 9. I never want to say anything's perfect, but yeah. this is just one of those things that's mm-hmm. so satisfying to watch. Like, it really is just so enjoyable. I want to give a final rating, because last time uh, for Batman v Superman, I said mm, 7. I saw it again and gave it an 8. This time I made sure to see it more than once before coming in so I could give you the final verdict. <laughs> this is a nine also. Uh, we're all in the same boat. I'm also a nine, possibly pushing a nine and a half. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's that getting up right. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we, we set it up top, but we'll, you're just saying it again. Check mm-hmm. it out. Definitely worth your time. It's They've they've earned our money with this I'm, film. I'm getting Marvel's not disappointing. Oh, it, uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I just want to point out that I thought was so funny, because it seemed like a throwaway role, and I mm-hmm. don't know what the purpose is, but Martin Freeman, right, is in oh, this film please as... try to cross the line, please. Yeah, is a government agent, you know, so you're an American accent, he's great, mm-hmm. but the, and now we have Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Awesome. The Sherlock, we have Watson and Holmes in the MCU <laughs> together, I just, is he going to cross over into the, the Doctor Hobbit Strange film? The Hobbit and Smogger in the MCU together. There you go, also, yeah, Lord, I mean, there's, there's, I just think it's so hilarious that they're in here again, you know, together having that potential. My wife was so mad at me, every time he was up. on screen, I'd be just like, oh. Check it out. The Hobbit's joining the Avengers. Isn't that great? And she's just like, shut up. Uh, so I just will look forward to that. Oh, he we'll he definitely will have a bigger part and play a role in the Black Panther film. Oh, great. They've already okay. said that. They were setting him up for that. Okay. And apparently he he has said he's got a much bigger role in the future of Marvel. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. What, one last point about Black Panther. What was so moving about his arc was, yeah, his father's death might have moved him up to the throne but learning to forgive his father's killer. That's what made him king. Yes. Mm -hmm. There we go. And it made him worthy of the Black Panther Mm -hmm. title. All right. Well, we'll just say that this summer there's a lot of big movies coming out, so Sequel Chat will be back. We will be uh, we'll be talking. We'll be sharing our opinions, so just uh, keep an eye out. Make sure you're listening to Sequel Quest. We're kind of on a bi-weekly schedule these days, so yeah. So check out it uh, with Sequel Quest. We've got some great shows coming up. I don't know if we should even just drop it. If you're choosing to listen to uh, – to sequel chat we'll just give you this inside scoop here but we have we're going to be doing a sequel to hook uh so if you got any robin williams dustin hoffman fans out there check it out uh we also have a very special episode if you're a, a tom cruise fan we have the war of the worlds the spielberg war of the Worlds. so two spielberg sequels we're envisioning on its way to you that may draw you in it may not but that's uh and i'll just throw one more out there if you're in for a laugh we actually are working on a an ace ventura sequel as well well so that's in the can and uh, gonna hit hit your ear holes sometime soon so <laughs> we got we got a lot of stuff coming this summer in addition to these weekend of release reviews so what i'm really waiting for is weekend at bernie's three <laughs> <laughs> soon soon that is never too late so make sure you check it out uh, at sq pod on twitter we're doing regular updates there make sure you come over to the website just to check out what we have in the archives if you haven't already listened uh, to some past shows because they're there what do we have we got beetlejuice we got <laughs> galaxy quest for some obscure yeah. comedy we have the you know the batman franchise what nolan could have done next uh we have a lot of great shows out there so just go uh, sequelquestpod.com check out the archives there and you know go on itunes everything's there as well but leave us uh, a review and a five-star rating if we've earned it hopefully we have hey we are all for trading 
five star reviews Absolutely. with other podcasters out there. No shame. No shame. Dude, I I pandered I pandered this last <laughs> week to a few other podcasts that I've been listening to regularly and I've gotten a few mentions on them. So we are more than welcome to <laughs> to throw your name out there I, if so, you're going to I'm so sorry. You, you stretched out the sentence of the, I am willing to trade the reviews for, you stretched the sentence out for so long. I was like, don't finish the sentence. What are you going to trade it for? What? Oh, in this world we live in. I got to give a shout out to the one podcast that gave us a shout out after my review, Epic Comic Cast. Hey, we love you guys. Keep it epic. Keep it awesome. Plenty of hours in the day. So you don't have to just listen to our sequel quest or sequel oh, chat. No. Listen to what you can and enjoy it. So, but with that, we will catch you next time and be good to yourselves. Seacrest out. Go see <laughs> Civil War. We hope you enjoyed all the fun of today's show and invite you to check out our regularly scheduled podcast, Sequel Quest, where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises. Find Sequel Quest on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at sequelquestpod.com now.